nervous? A little bit. Are you nervous? Um, a little bit. The people, okay. What if the people don't like you? <laughs> well, fuck the people. They might not like me, I'm though. I'm here for you, so <laughs> they can like me or not. Hi, Code Monkey. Hi, Shannon. Welcome back to What They Don't Say. Today, we have a special guest on, my boyfriend. We are going to be covering what do you do when your partner tells you that they've been sexually assaulted? Run. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) And we have my partner here today. Lauren is on vacation. And so I thought it would be a really interesting conversation to be able to sit down with my boyfriend, with my partner, and they're the same person. Um, I promise it's only you. There's nobody else. I I I promise. Okay. Okay. And be able to sit down with them and, you know, hear their initial thoughts and experiences from the other side of things, from the, the point of view of, holy shit, my partner just told me they've been raped. How do I handle it? And talk about how that feels for the person having to do the telling. And a lot of other things in between that related to relationships, traumaversaries, et cetera, et cetera. Yeehaw. Let's get into it. Everyone, this is my boyfriend. Hi. Code Monkey. I'm the boyfriend Code Monkey. That's his name. His parents gave him that name because they knew that when he was born, he was destined to write code. Actually, I didn't know I was destined to write code until uh, freshman year of college. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, everything. Do they is- want background on me? Do they need background on me? Tell the people something about you so that they'll keep listening to this because I we need views. <laughs> code monkey, you can do a backflip on skis, so I think that makes you cool. I have landed a few backflips on skis, but I probably land as many as I screw up. So it you know it does happen. 50. I like to ski. I'm a software developer for a DOD company. Love smart smart men. (laughs) For all you nerds out there who haven't quite figured out how to dress yourselves yet, don't worry. You'll be loved in the future. Yeah. They will pay you enough money to dress yourself. And you will continue to wear a t-shirt and dirty jeans, but you'll get paid like you're wearing suits. So Exactly. Who really cares? Fuck. (laughs) This is so hard. This is the worst part of an interview is talking about yourself. It's okay. Not that this is an interview. Mr. Code Monkey slash boy. Is it weird if I call you Code Monkey? Should I just call you by your I name? think it's fine. Okay. Yeah, you I can think keep it's more doing fun. It. It's kind of snazzy. It yeah. feels podcasty. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so Mr. Code Monkey, why why are you here? Why are we sitting together and why is Lauren not here? Well, Lauren isn't here because she's a bitch. Um, not actually. <laughs> we love Lauren. We love Lauren lots. And uh, she's out celebrating Christmas with her family. How cute. In the California area. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's too much information. But no, it's, okay. it's out there now. It's Sorry, okay. Lauren. Um, I don't think anyone's really trying to find us. I don't think people that's care fair that enough. Much. <laughs> yeah. So she's out in California right now, and I happened to be with Shannon. She had the mics in her car. We decided that might as well record an episode about the fact that you've been sexually assaulted and being on the other side of that, and you know what you can do to make your partner feel loved and accepted and cared for and work around some of the realities of what that means in the bounds of your relationship and what that means with them. You're so cute. Thank you. <laughs> I think you say the word assault really interestingly. You say assault. Ooh. It's okay. I don't think That's there's okay. a, you say assault. I think I say a lot of words weird. Assault, assault. or assault. Is that like curse? Curse. Curse. <laughs> Is that a Colorado thing? No. I think that's the country boy. <laughs> I'm from the country. Um, so I've been dating Code Monkey for about eight months now. Code Monkey knows about all my trauma. He loves to say that uh, you, I should stop referring to you as he, you, you're you. I'm staring yeah. at you right now. 
it's kind of interesting because you know you often say like I know there's a lot of trauma there and it kind of kind of stays hidden and then I have my moments where you're like there's the trauma there it is we found it <laughs> she's she's really good about there's not a whole lot of crazy there but then sometimes she gets talking <laughs> little does he and know it's not stuff I've never necessarily <laughs> experienced but there's some crazy in there it's buried but yeah, it, it's it exists there. It's there. Oh. I'm just waiting till we hit a year and then I'm just going to go psycho on you. Well, I'll be deep, deep in the cut by then. So. Yeah. So then you're just trapped. You you're know, the milk trapped. is spilled. Yeah. And sunk costs. Once I've just like <sighs> handcuffed you to a chair and it's just like, hey, I'm cut here forever. Hair. Take your credit card. Go buy myself a Rari. Hell yeah. Here we are. <laughs> um, any users. So yeah, uh, we've been together for a little bit and uh, I, you know, every partner that I've been with since being assaulted, I've told them about my assault experience. But I think you're probably one of the first people who has learned a lot more about assault in general through this. Like, I think you're just more curious than my previous partners. Like also with the podcast and stuff, you know, you listen to it every week. Thank you. Love you. Like I said, we really need views. Um, so, you know, you, you come up with questions a lot and like things that you just hadn't really thought of particularly related to assault. And I think it's, it's interesting to hear like somebody else's perspective on it. And obviously, I love hearing your perspective because I love you, <laughs> but I can imagine being on the other side of it and being someone, you know, hearing that their partner has been violated in that way. Like that'd be hard. And I think it'd be scary to kind of like, how do you proceed from there when you, when you're sitting down and you hear, yeah, I've been sexually assaulted from your partner. Like, what do you do next? How are you supposed to feel about it? Okay. So let's kind of rewind back to the night when I told you I'd been sexually assaulted. We weren't actually dating yet. Um, but we were spending copious amounts of time together. We were super just pumped to get to know the other person. And you had uh, tentatively invited me over to your house over spring break. Like all of our friends were in Mexico. We were one of the, like the only people still in Boulder. And you said, hey, I know it's a little forward, but do you want to come to my parents' house and spend the night there? They were gone. It wasn't going to be like a weird... <laughs> me and my parents before we're dating. And, you know, <laughs> well, we actually... Had done that though like right after because no that's true okay well <laughs> i guess it ended up being a weird be my parents before we're dating <laughs> any users so you know we had we had ourselves set up i had brought some wine we had gone to the grocery store so that you could cook me a lovely dinner and after some wine and right before you began to cook me dinner you what did you do i picked her up to put her on this big island that we have. And I hope you're <laughs> <laughs> she kinda she freaked out a little bit. She was clothed, mom and dad, just in case she was clothed. <laughs> and um but yeah, I picked you up. You kinda you freaked out a little bit. Like did I like wince? I, Do you remember you, if I you just went rigid. I remember you rigid. going completely Ooh. rigid, like in my arms, like your legs were straight. I was trying to grab one to like, you know, kind of put it up around my waist a little bit and <laughs> she's weird <laughs> what is she doing <laughs> but yeah you you're completely rigid i like pulled my head back a little bit and was like are you okay and you weren't really looking at me i think you're just like oh yeah like i i'm fine it's okay we're good i was like okay and i i carried you over to the counter and i set you down and we just kind of blew past it a little bit we started i started cooking making mm -hmm. some food we started talking about other stuff and at this point i had already told code monkey about you know all of my other traumas and so i knew that soon i wanted to tell him about being assaulted but i, I just wasn't sure when um because there's not really a right little did i know <laughs> what was coming 
<laughs> the big finale to my traumas. Yeah, there's a, there's not really an ideal time. And so I felt like what I did know about when I wanted to tell you is that I wanted it to be a time where there would be a good opportunity to talk about it, that it wasn't just going to be a thing of like, you're dropping me off at my house. And I'm like, adios, by the way, I've been assaulted. Any Hoosiers, see you tomorrow. <laughs> I wanted it to be, you know, there to be a good amount of time carved out to talk about it for you to ask questions if you needed to. And it's also one of those things of, I I hate telling people about all the traumas, but it, it feels so necessary. And I've talked about it on the pod before, but I just, when you care about someone and you're letting them into your life, it's important to tell them the big things that have happened before them. So this yeah, was my moment. It I was think, my shining moment. Yeah, there's definitely, you know, it's not something I think you'd need to wait for before you're dating. Mm-hmm. You know, it depends on when you're ready, but it can definitely be a good test uh, in a way to let them know everything's going on, what they're yeah. getting into, see how they respond. If Because if you tell them and they have a bad reaction, then you need to I don't know how you deal with that. Say goodbye, yeah. yeah. Clearly you had a good reaction though, because you're still here. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> um, so yeah, I went to the bathroom and I came back and Code Monkey's cooking me dinner in his little cute little apron looks so cute and i say fuck it this is the time i'm telling him about my assault fuck the romantic evening let's talk about something horrible sad and dark (laughs) (laughs) and so i think i just ripped it i i think i don't remember exactly what i said but usually when i tell people i kind of say hey i don't want to make you uncomfortable or make you sad or anything like that but there is something that you should know because i care about you and if we're going to keep spending time together and if you're going to keep picking me up you better know why i start to freak out when you do it so BT dubs, I have been raped. Yeah. You might have honestly said BT dubs or something <laughs> like that. Just just to let you know, <laughs> I have been sexually assaulted. It's okay. Like it's we're totally good. He's in jail now. Like you don't need to stress I about think, it. Yeah, that's almost exactly yeah. Yeah. And I just thought that you should know. And then I gave you a few pieces about the story, I think. Mm-hmm. Just kind of how it happened, just a little brief bird's eye view of it. And then I think I just opened the floor, the floor to you. Just be yeah. like, what do you think? <laughs> you good? <laughs> that is How did happened. you respond? I don't even remember really, except for that it was with kindness and love and care. Yeah, there I was cooking dinner. And Shipless. I just received this lovely information. And I, I think immediately, you know, no one prepares you for that type of moment. Uh, but it's something that if you love and care about the other person, you need to be not ready to handle, but open to handle. Mm-hmm. And I think I was I was scared. You, you know, as she's talking about, you know, what happened and what's going on, you have questions about what does that mean for us? What does she want to talk about? How do I make her feel better? How do I make me feel better? What are the next steps? And you know in the moment exactly i do remember just being you know caught by surprise a little bit unsure how to handle it a little scared a little what's next which are all completely valid and okay reasonings or okay you know completely valid feelings Mm -hmm. to have were you so what i'm hearing is that you were more focused on how do i respond correctly to this than let me hear about the details of it yes because for me you know, knowing people that have been through traumatic events, there's a difference between them being ready to tell you and them being ready to explain what all happened. Mm -hmm. And those are two very different, you know, places in the 
trauma recovery process. And sometimes mm. people are ready to say, hey, I just want you to know this happened. And hey, I want you to know this happened. This is what exactly happened. This is how it made me feel, all of that. And I think the best thing you can do is just be open to whatever situation they're in and just be very open with your questioning and very gentle with your questioning at, at first. Yeah, not asking about details of it necessarily, but more just checking in on like, what can I do as a partner for you moving forward now that I have this information? And I think specifically with the trauma of assault, it's more of an ongoing conversation that you and I at least have in our relationship. It's a very ongoing conversation. Yeah, like I feel like once a week or something, we're talking about it to a degree or maybe not quite that common. It's this thing of realizing that there's a lot more trauma that comes with being assaulted in little pieces. And so kind of like opening up over time with you or with your partner is something that I think is probably pretty common because there's a lot that trails after assault. And I think like anything, it doesn't have to go perfect the first time. I think as long as there's like the conversation, yeah, I think as long as there's love and a slight bit of curiosity and your head's in the right place and there's openness and communication, it's, it's a very ongoing talk. Um, there's things that they might not think about in the moment that they think about in other moments and want to tell you. And that's okay. It doesn't have to be perfect the first time. How are you feeling when you told me what were you scared to see how I would respond? I mean, for you, it had been a while since it had happened and you had had, you had told other people before. I wasn't afraid of your response because I had already, you know, put out a few feelers by telling you about my other traumas and you had responded really well. So I, I wasn't really worried about how you would respond, but I think I get more worried about how it will impact our relationship or how it would at that time. And I don't ever want to be looked at as a delicate little damsel in distress, but I also don't want to be looked at as a really strong, powerful woman. I kind of just feel in in the middle there. And so I, I was more scared about how you might view me after that than I was about how you would respond. And I think that's part of it on my side too. I, your immediate thoughts are, you know, what does this mean for our relationship? What does that mean for her? What does it mean for me? Is this something that needs to be talked about a lot? Is this something, when does this come on in the middle of the day? When does this come out during sex sometimes? Like mm. those thoughts run through your head of what is this going to mean? And there's not always answers right at the start. And those are things you guys have to figure out together. You have to work through over time is totally okay and i think the way you work through them is by talking about it it's really simple but we've talked about this in other episodes but people get uncomfortable with sex in general and sexual assault is an incredibly uncomfortable topic to talk about but the way to have the way to tell your partner and everything that you tell them after about the assault the way to go through that successfully is to literally just communicate it sounds so simple but on both ends you need to be ready for information that isn't soft and squishy and warm and be able to take that information, hold it lightly and carefully and respond with love and care. Right. And And also something that I was afraid of was that I was worried that you wouldn't want to like touch me after or that you would want to touch me, but that's something, yeah, it would be scary. Like, Oh God, now I know she's been assaulted. So like, what if I touch her in the wrong way? And what if it like triggers her and then it feels like it's your fault, but it's not your fault. You know, it's the person, it's the rapist's fault in my opinion, (laughs) but I, I didn't want you to feel afraid to kiss me or touch me or pick me up or whatever because of 
having that information. And as cliche as it is, I think, especially in terms of if there's, if someone's been assaulted in your relationship, well, in any relationship, you need trust and you need communication. Trust. And trust, trust. As I've gotten older, you know, I've just realized it more and more. That's the building blocks to a strong relationship. And when there's been sexual assault or things, other traumas that have gone on, that needs to be even more present. And you need to be able to trust your partner to, like, you need to be able to truly trust. If they tell you, hey, I'm okay right now. And if you're having sex and they say, like, hey, I'm, I'm good right now. You can touch me. You can kiss me. All those things. You need to try as hard as it is to put your knowledge of what happened in a box, put it mm -hmm. away and treat them as you will. Because those fears are there. You're, mm -hmm. you know, those first couple times after finding out, those first couple times having sex, you mm -hmm. know, that's, you know, what if I do something wrong? What if I, I do something that she doesn't quite want or doesn't quite like? And so it's there that, those the feelings fear. that that fear is there and the best thing you can do is have very communicative sex you know asking if things are okay and then be very trusting when your partner says i'm okay they're actually okay mm -hmm. and i think the flip side of that is if you're telling your partner you're okay you need to actually be okay mm -hmm. and you need to feel comfortable that if you're not okay you can tell them and hopefully they're going to be able to respond correctly because if they don't then you know, that is kind of its own answer about right. who that person is. And maybe they're not ready to handle something like this in their life. When you say something like this, you mean? Uh, the assault. Sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I feel like you're someone who's especially in tune with my negative reactions. And by negative reactions, I, I really mean like my triggers that I'm having. Because I think sometimes you notice before I even fully realize it. And you like immediately stop. And it's a thing of, are you okay? And I don't think that that, like people, people who are listening to this might think, oh, that's kind of weird. Like you just have to stop having sex and say, are you okay? But it's not weird. Like you should just stop and check in with your partner. I think in general during sex, but especially if you know that your partner's been through trauma with that. Any users, I feel like you're particularly in tune with that with me. Do you like know why? Like what are the things that you notice? So... Yeah, I think there can be a lot of levels to that. And, you know, I, you I guess if we're, gonna, so well. if we're going to dive into the sex thing, you you don't want to be that guy that's, you know, constantly, are you okay? Is this okay? Blah, blah, yeah. blah. Because then it makes it the other person feel worse. Yeah. It can make them feel worse. It can take you out of the moment, things like that. Um, and that's potentially something you have to work towards, getting into that perfect sink. Um, but from, so I guess we can take it back. The first couple times after that, I was worried. It was totally there. I was worried about the way I was touching you. I made it a point to not pick you up for a little bit mm -hmm. just because I was worried. Um, and I wasn't sure what other triggers there might be, mm -hmm. if there were things I needed to avoid, how gentle or rough I could treat you. <laughs> <laughs> Which is true, you know, yeah. you're, you're not sure. So she's been um, sexually assaulted. Does this mean handcuffs are off the table? <laughs> question mark. And... You know, it, we haven't necessarily used a safe word, but that could mm -hmm. potentially be something that you could explore with them. Yeah. Um, Cause it yeah. might be easier to say red instead of I'm experiencing a trigger right now, <laughs> flashback, please stop. But the fear is there. And I think you can start with 
communicative sex. Consent is hot. It's kind of, you know, you you can sit there and... Yeah, baby. Can I take your shirt off? Can I take your pants off? Can I do X, Y, or Z? Say it louder for the people in the back. (laughs) Can you say it slower? Can you say that again? (laughs) You want me to say it again? Yeah, say it again. Take your shirt off. (laughs) Take your pants off. Can I? Can I take your shirt (laughs) off? Oh, fuck. We (laughs) flipped there. Wow. Um, Yeah, don't forget the consent part. May I take your shirt off? Yeah, just those first couple times, understanding that it's part of the reality and working with it, and it can get better from there when you both find out a little bit more about yourself. But then I think as a guy or girl on the other side of your partner being sexually assaulted, you have to be very mature where if the switch flips, it has well and truly flipped. And you need to be able to put it away. Put Well, put your pants back and on. And <laughs> literally, you need to be able to take a step back and the way that I've gone at it is ask questions immediately to say, you know, do you want physical affection at all? Do you want to be touched? Do you want me to not touch you? Do you want to talk about it? Do you not want to talk about it? Do you want to turn on a show? Do you need some time alone? I can leave the room for a little bit. I think just being completely open to doing whatever they need is important. And there can be frustrations there. It can be hard. If this is someone you truly care about and you want to pursue a loving and caring relationship with them, you have to be ready to just stop. And that's Mm -hmm. okay. That's just the reality. No matter how turned on you are, no matter how into it you were. Because I think you and I have even had times where we're having having a blast. We're both, we're in it. We're, yep, we're there. (laughs) We're having Mm -hmm. a good time. And then all of a sudden, I start to have a moment and you stop immediately and i'm so it's sad to say but i'm so impressed by the way that you just can immediately come out of that super into it you know hot and heavy moment just to like are you okay because the foundation of sex is really making sure that the other person feels good yeah and if you need to walk away for a second that's okay too yeah you can get up take a piss do whatever you need to yeah grab a little bit of water yeah come back be ready to support your person how were you scared the first couple of times that we had sex after that? Were you worried if you had to do that, if you had to stop? I think I was actually more concerned for the first time we hooked up. Okay. Hooked up. Well, first time, first time we made love. <laughs> <laughs> first time we had sex, I think I was more scared because every time I have sex with somebody new, I get worried that I'll have a flashback or something. And having a flashback with a partner who loves and cares about you is very different than having a flashback with someone that you don't know very well, that you brought home for a good time, and then all of a sudden you're crying in their arms, and they're like, yo, we just met. You don't need to be doing this. Please let me go home. (laughs) So I I don't think I was as scared for myself after that. I, I felt like with you, it took a long time before I really had a bad sex reaction, I think it was. Yeah, which I was surprising. So for me, it kind of felt like there was this little monster creeping around. Just like, you don't know when you're going to have a flashback during sex. It's coming. It's on the way, but you don't know when it's going to strike. And so I was kind of just waiting for that one moment and where I had a little breakdown and it happened and you handled it well. So I, I was scared for the first time we had sex. I was scared about how it would impact you more than how it would impact me. 
after I had told you, and I was just kind of waiting and wondering for when it would have a bad moment. When a trigger happens for you, are there thoughts that you have about me? Like, do you get worried about your partner at all and what it might mean to them, what they might think? I get super worried that you'll feel like it's your fault because it's um, it's a very complicated thing to know that you can be having, like we could be having sex and I start having a really bad flashback, which kind of like can be considered kind of like a panic attack almost mm. sometimes. And for you to know, like, it's not your fault, but there is something that you might have done that reminds me of the trauma. And that's it, might not be anything yeah. that you've done. It might just be the way your brain works. The brains are weird and there's so much going on in there. So, wait, what was your question? Well, um, just. <laughs> oh, do I get scared for you? Yeah. Do you yeah. feel bad about having to tell me? Do you feel worried about. I mean, maybe not now, but. Right, but at on. first. Yeah. I think I did feel bad because, you know when your partner is stopping and they're realizing that you're having a bad moment and they say, are you okay? Like, do you want to stop? Do you want to keep going? Y you want to, you want to hope that you can keep going. Like, like I sit there, uh, this happened earlier on in our relationship. I sat there and I thought like, I want to be able to keep having sex with you. I love you. Like I'm having so much fun with you, but I'm worried that I won't be able to. And that there is a part of me that was worried that it's ruining a good time. Like it's ruining a strong physical connecting moment but i have to realize like that's not what's important right now and like, i think that's a really mature decision that you have to be able to make because th there's push and pull on both sides like i said if you're the partner that wasn't assaulted you have to be ready to flip that switch and if you're the partner that was assaulted you have to you know know your body and your mind and if something's not working, be able to tell them. Mm -hmm. Because as much as I would love to think that I can tell well most of the time, sometimes I might not. And sometimes signals get crossed and you have to communicate, hey, something is bad right now. Because if mm -hmm. it keeps going, it could only get worse and potentially mm -hmm. taint you know, your view of that person. Not on purpose. Um, You'll be ultra worried to have sex again though. And, there's, and then there once again is that that overarching motif of trust and communication mm -hmm. where both parties have to truly say what they're feeling in the moment and make sure their actions match what they're saying. I think if you're someone who is, who is dating or married or banging or whatever, uh, someone who's been sexually assaulted, I think the best thing you can do for them is if you start to notice that they're a little bit off during sex or any sort of physical activity, um, the best thing you can do is stop and just say, Hey, are you okay? And just say like, nod yes or no, or say, Hey, do you need a moment? Do you, we need to put a, like, do we just need to stop for a moment? Just say like, nod yes or no, like not forcing them to explain everything that they're feeling or going yeah, through sure. or yeah. making them make a decision whether to keep going or not. Maybe just saying like, if, do you need a moment? Just nod and yes or no. Yeah. Sometimes from my side too, um, I don't think it's happened often, but you haven't been very responsive in those moments. And the best thing you can do yeah. is back off. Like it, if you're not sure and they're not being super responsive, back off. You can always get back into it later on. But continuing in those moments is most likely going to cause more harm than good ever. Mm -hmm. And so just back off. Kind of off, take the decision away just, out hey, of the equation. I don't feel like something's right right now, even if you're not ready to talk about it. And, you know, I want to 
take a second before we make sure you're okay. And yeah, you just got to be aware of what's going on. Kind of switching gears a little bit. What's a preconceived notion or sort of a thought that you had about sexual assault that is different now that you and I, now that you know I've been sexually assaulted and now that you've kind of like learned more about it in general? Is there any sort of preconceived notion or thought you had before? I think the preconceived notions that I had about sexual assault before, before college. Um, BC. BC. <laughs> there was, my preconceived notions were, I realized that it was something that happened, but it was never a reality for me. And then there's kind of steps to that. You start going through college, you start talking to some of the girls around you that are your friends, and you realize it's things that have happened to them. And that's kind of the first part is that it's not just this thing that is out there in the abyss that happens to Others. random people at college parties or in bad situations or, you know, in alleys, but that it's something that happens on the daily to multiple people, multiple people that you're close with. And that's kind of this, this first part that you just kind of find out, oh shit, it's around, it's reality. Mm -hmm. And then when I got closer with you and Lauren and I started hearing about both of your stories just the enormity of this I don't want to call it a life event because that feels more positive than it is but the enormity of this tragedy that happened to both of you and the depth of feeling and the depth of the impact and the long-lasting effects you just start to see those and it, there's been nights where I've sat with both of you and you're just talking about it and the feelings and the horrible reality of it. And, and you it, watch Lauren and I go back and yeah, forth and back and forth. And you guys angry. are sitting there <laughs> yelling, laughing, you know, all of the things, telling jokes. And I'm just sitting there and my heart is breaking. And there's, you know, a little bit of teary eyedness knowing that these amazing people that I am friends with and in a relationship with have had to deal with this. And so that was a bit of a preconceived notion is that you, you don't think that it's something that's there. And then you find out that it's there. And then you find out the truth of it. Um, the, the truth other, being? The truth being that assault happens and it's horrible and it deeply affects the people that it happens to. And it's something that you can get through and you can wake up the next morning and life has to go on. And it's horrible knowing that they have had to continue to go through life afterwards but that's that and i think the point that you're getting at is it happens to people that you know and love and people that are close within your life and you think it's this distant thing but it's actually something that you could be really close to and it's this thing of wow this is actually really bad like, yeah you might have realized it was bad before but it really hits you when you realize it's happened to someone that you love and care about a lot. Yeah. And I mean, a little bit about some of the points we talked about before jokes get told about it. You know, mm. there's a drinking game called rape cube. That really? You play sometimes. Yeah. It's we play it. We've played it. Uh, I've played it. Yeah. Sometimes people call it grape cube. What's that? Well, I don't uh, know that it's game. When you lay out the cards in a cube and then you basically, each person plays higher, lower, and you go around in a circle. Why is it called Rape Cube? Because like it ends up with one person getting because fucked? Because someone gets fucked, basically. Because huh, I didn't know that. Wait, that's horrible. Yeah. Wait, now I feel really bad that I've played it. But, you know, it's just, it's not real. 
and then it becomes real and all of a sudden you're like shit this isn't this funny shit, anymore mom this shit matters and it's not that funny and you can't make the people around you necessarily understand that and they're your friends and you love them but it's that shit matters i think a another preconceived notion that i had there is ways through having a relationship when sexual assault has happened to your partner because before that sometimes you know in other relationships my girlfriend was going out to do something and i wouldn't be there with her and i was worried you know what if something bad happened to her or what if something bad happened to her friends and what what would i do how would our relationship go on what would what would things be and i i realized that with you there's a way through you know with communication with the trust it's something that you can work through with someone it's something that you can have a great relationship with them sex can still be good it can be great and doesn't necessarily have to be soft and gentle and squishy warm all the time but you can use handcuffs <laughs> exactly there are <laughs> with consent and permission and yeah exactly there's there's way through there's as horrible of a thing as it as it is life goes on mm -hmm. there's ways through you can be scared of it from both sides you can be scared of it but you it's something you can work through with mm -hmm. a partner that truly loves you and supports you yeah it's like yeah. carrying around a little bag of luggage exactly everyone's yeah, a, got their luggage a, a so. black bag of luggage very dark <laughs> dark black the darkest black that exists <laughs> sneaks and then up on you in the shadows yeah it's oh, actually it's one of those uh, luggages that follows you around you know they make those these days so you don't actually have to hold it it's like the from harry potter the little book the Ugh. monster book yeah the monster book of monsters you try to open it and it just <laughs> <laughs> and as scary as it is i don't think you should be scared to get into it with your partner because yeah. you can work through it how about we talk about things that Are we mad have love you. gone poorly oh. <laughs> either with me or with other people when you've told them oh you're perfect oh i don't have anything you. bad to say you're about sure? you baby. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> i like genuinely though i think i don't think you've handled anything related to sex my sexual assault and me telling you and all the stuff that came after it i don't think you've ever done something that's made me uncomfortable said anything that i don't like or that i disagree with related to it like truly, genuinely, I can't think of a time. With other partners though, uh, particularly one of my last partners before you, I felt like whenever I was having a moment during sex and it was pretty obvious, he would stop and he'd say like, are you okay? And I would say, ah, not really. I'm not really sure if I wanna keep going. And then maybe he would like pause for a few seconds. There would be a small moment of of break and then he kept like trying to touch me and like try to get back into sex with me and that felt really disrespectful to it's disrespectful to what i've gone through and it it was him trying to like get back in the moment and and in the mood and maybe he felt like you know maybe we if we just like keep going and work through it then she, she'll feel fine but so i didn't appreciate that i mean yeah again flip the fucking switch be mm -hmm. mature be a man and or a woman okay. or whatever and the thing yeah. is too is there's been nights that things have happened with us um and i think you've gotten back into it but yeah. the the stance that i take is when you have had a moment i make it about you completely i ask you what you need i ask you what you can do or what i can do for you and you stop and after it's okay that, if, if you get blue balled i you let know? you you know i might give you some kisses on the head or things like that but i let you kind of lead back into it if you want it mm -hmm. and 
it's scary too, you know, going back into it after you've just had that moment because it's fresh in your mind. I think for you, maybe you worry it'll happen again. Mm-hmm. For me, I worry that it'll happen again. But I just kind of lead, let you lead back into those moments. Right. And I think that's one of the better you know, stances that you can take. Yeah. If I want to keep going, then I'll let you know. But if I don't do anything, then this yeah. is a kaputs for the evening. And that's okay. If you are thinking you're in it for the long haul with someone, there's going to be more times. There's going to be more stuff. And mm-hmm. just because you're not having sex, there's plenty of other quality time that yeah. you can have in those moments. So I, did, I didn't like that from one of my previous partners. This is more of a, I had a friend one time, not a partner, but there was something that happened at Boulder where someone had been gang raped at a fraternity and I was outside on my patio talking to my mom. I I was updating her on like the court case or something like that. And one of my neighbors across the street yelled at me and he goes, Shannon, why aren't you getting raped at Pike right now? Because Pike was the fraternity where it happened. Sorry. If that's a controversial thing to say, but first of all, that was like a really random, weird thing to yell at me. And it really like it, there was so many things about the situation that pissed me off. One, you just don't say that. That's a weird thing to say. That's really mm. rude. Two, I was literally updating my mom about the court case. So I was already having a bad day. Three, I had been at the party where the girl was getting raped at. And so that's a hard thing in itself. And then later that day, I'd gone over to their house and I was like, hey, that's really not cool. That's fucked up for you to say that to me. You know I'm in the middle of a court case right now. What the fuck? And three of the guys like got behind the one guy that had said that to me and they were like supporting him and like making fun of me. And they're like, Shannon, it's not that be- it's not that deep. It's just a joke. It's just a joke. And, you know, I make light of this situation a lot. Occasionally I make a rape joke, usually traditionally related to things with me, but it's a whole other ball game when you're supposed to be a friend and you pull that shit out and then you double down on it multiple times and people back you up. So I, I didn't like that one either. <laughs> I mean, that's that's complicated. It's hard when someone seems to be good with it and making jokes and things like that. I think you got to be a bold motherfucker to make your own jokes. Mm-hmm. Especially maybe, when you haven't experienced it, yeah. Maybe it happens to land and it's okay. But if it doesn't and something, you know, if they're not okay with it, back the fuck off. Yeah. There's no need to double down. And I think pulling that into a relationship, hopefully you're not probably making jokes about it. Maybe mm-hmm. that's how you work and you're okay with that. But yeah, it probably I think, shouldn't be. Yeah. I think you shouldn't be terrified to make mistakes. Sometimes the mistakes can happen, but you need to be able to back down, let them explain why it was wrong and do your best to not you know, have that happen again. If you did happen to make respect the pouch. Yeah. I don't really have, (laughs) I don't have a whole lot of other examples off the top of my head. I think mainly when I've told previous partners, some of them get really upset and they're like, well, your turn would be, let's break this guy's fucking kneecaps. Let's take some kneecaps. (laughs) Take some fucking kneecaps. Yeah. Other people's response. Like I had one person, one partner in my life who just was so angry for me and was a little bit concerningly angry about how badly they wanted the person, the rapist, to suffer. I think that's that's definitely been some complicated emotions for me, for sure. Really? Um, Do tell. Especially with both you and Lauren, because I am relatively close to Lauren. I think she's a friend. Mm-hmm. Well, she's definitely a friend. I love her. I feed her and house her on. 
<laughs> numerous occasions. When you told me, I mean, and some of the things I've, like we were talking about, those nights where I've I've sat listening to you guys till late in the AM, it makes me angry. It makes me sad. I understand that it's not about me. And so I think people need to know those emotions are valid. Don't make it too much about you necessarily though, but it's okay to be angry and sad and tell your partner, tell your partner that you're angry and sad for them for them yes of course be and you don't want to pity them at all because these are people that have been through something that you can probably never imagine and they still get up and put their pants on and so frankly you can too fucking get the fuck up and put your pants on (laughs) but uh you don't want to pity them because they are strong people right just because well fuck that i don't know how that sounds but they're strong people because they've made it through and they're keeping to go, keeping going. And so the best thing that you can do for them is treat them with the love and respect that they are, you know, doing things every day and be supportive of that. And that anger and that sadness is completely valid to have. I think it's completely valid to voice. Try not to make it about yourself, but mm-hmm. have those conversations. I don't know if they necessarily lead anywhere yeah. and that's okay. But it's just good to be open with the emotions that you feel for your partner and not a pitying way, but just a loving and, you know, supporting way. So not everybody celebrates trauma anniversaries. Some people do. And by some people, it's usually me. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I just, for some reason, I have to, like, I remember all the days and that's like a little frustrating. Kind of wish I didn't know what day I was sexually assaulted. That way I could just, you know, know the time of year, but not have to deal with like, rut row, it's happening on Wednesday. I didn't tell you this year when it was my cute little sexual assault, sexual assault anniversary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I guess like what what could you do? Let's pretend that okay. Here we'll role play for a second. Okay, we're role playing. Role playing. I am a nurse. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> doctor, doctor. I am a student, <laughs> professor. <laughs> Gotta be careful with that one. Anyways, okay. Role playing. Hi, Code Monkey. Hello, Shannon Porter. <laughs> so next Wednesday is my sexual assault trauma anniversary. Sounds good. I'll be fishing. <laughs> um, I'm a little bit nervous because I don't really want to do anything for it because I don't really want to draw attention to it, but I might just be having a hard day. I don't want to have to talk about it, but I might want to talk about it. So I'm letting you know that. Is there anything that... Any, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, so as the code monkey, you need to man the fuck up yeah. and be ready to deal with that. Uh, not you. that it's anything you, know, you are code you monkey, know, yeah. to deal with. But again, always just ask some questions. Just say, okay. So you're not sure how you're going to feel about it. You might want to talk about it. You might not. Don't make them make decisions. You on know? that day, yeah. I mean, especially if they're a woman. Don't <laughs> make sure they're not making decisions because that's just a good way to cause some stress and whatever so you know that's the thing i guess you might be working you might have things going on but do your best to plan what you can i think you first start with do you want to see me and because sometimes they might not want to see you sometimes they might want to see you it could go either way if they don't want to see you maybe you can door dash them some food maybe you can Mm -hmm. drop them off some food you can just go give them a hug tell them you love them coffee be, bottle of wine yeah be right there to be be there to be communicative 
and be there in a physical way. But if they don't want it, that's okay. Mm-hmm. And it's something you can deal with. Um, but if they do want you there, but they don't know what they want to do, I have a few plans. Have a, we're just going to hang out and watch some movie plans. Maybe have a, let's go out, take a hike, take a drive, something plans. Mm-hmm. And I think the best thing you can do is just be flexible because it can be an incredibly hard day for people. And it's not your day is a big thing. Like that not day is not you. going to be about you. It can potentially be a very good day for your relationship if you do start talking Growth. about it more and getting into it. Connection. But yeah, I just think you need to be ready to be there for your partner. And if you're in a position where you're unable to be ready for your partner on that day, then try and do some nice things for them. Send them some flowers, drop them off some coffee, door dash them some food. Give them a time that you can be there soon, you know, maybe plan a date for the weekend or something, but something to look forward to. Yeah, exactly. After the hard day. Just, just do your best. Having, having all that ready could be a lot and maybe you're a bitch and you think that's unfair <laughs> or calm out, baby. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you're just you a bitch him. and you're not ready to deal with it and you think it's unfair and you're not ready to be able to be there for that person. But if it's truly someone that you want to be with and support you need to understand the reality of the situation and be able to cater to them that day and be loving and frankly on all days because this stuff the trauma anniversary doesn't have to be the day it happens it could be a random a random day yeah and you just have to know that that's part of the reality of the person you're with and there's nothing you need to make sure they don't think it feels unfair or that they're worrying about the way that you're feeling because of what they're doing mm-hmm. them being the partner that was sexually assaulted that's the reality of the relationship you're in mm-hmm. and that's okay there's plenty of other things that can happen to someone that come with their own realities and if you love the person i know i keep using that but it's true if you love the person and you want to be there for them you will mm-hmm. you make time for the people that are important to you and that's the best that you can do for them if you're an adult in a relationship but yeah. if you're a child, then, well, grow up. In terms of the whole traumaversary thing, will they tell you, won't they tell you, what's going to happen, things like that. My previous partner was someone who had had a friend close to them die mm-hmm. a couple years ago. And for them, the traumaversary was still raw. It was still there. It really affected them. And... They told me about the day and it was kind of like uh, if you're any Gilmore Girl watchers out there, Luke Stark day for them. They didn't want to talk to anyone. They didn't want to see anyone. And I didn't know how to handle that at the time. Frankly, I don't think I was quite mature enough to handle some of that stuff at the time. Mm -hmm. I don't think anything necessarily changed where I learned how to handle that. It just happened to be different with Shannon now. But Shannon, on the other hand... I didn't know that it was the traumaversary until I was listening to that week's podcast episode. Surprise, Shotty. Like, hey, dude. What the fuck? <laughs> Why didn't we talk about that? I am such a do as I say. I'm not pretty as sure. I, do. I think we went out that night. I think I saw her that night. I, I don't remember exactly what happened that night, because, but I definitely think that we hung out mm-hmm. or we hung out either the night before or after. And it was like a week before I found out. And that's okay. It doesn't have to be this huge, big thing. And I think in that, the the way I handled that in the situation, when I did find out, I, I thought about texting her, but I was like, yeah, she already didn't talk to me about it, which is okay. 
And so I think I saw you later that day or maybe the next day. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, hey, I heard that you, uh, that this happened and why didn't we talk about it? And you said that this year it was actually semi-okay. Yeah. And that you didn't feel like it was pertinent at the time. And then I asked, is there something you want to talk about? Were there any feelings that went on? Is there anything you need or want from me? And I don't know if there particularly was, and that's okay. Yeah. Once again, just be flexible, be there, be loving, be caring. We're in the part of our relationship where I feel somewhat comfortable pushing for some things because I think I know for information, when you, you mean? Yeah, for pushing for information, not pushing for sex, but pushing for information. And uh, I don't know if we needed that qualifier. I felt like we but, needed to just clarify. Yeah, just say, you know, I feel somewhat comfortable pushing for information because I think I know when you truly don't want things. Right. And so I feel a little more comfortable maybe doubling down just in case and being mm-hmm. asking if you're sure. And maybe you're not there yet with your person and that's okay. My whole point to this was that <laughs> I trusted you to let you know if you needed me. To let to let you know. Yeah, I trusted Shannon to let me know if she needed something. Right. And she didn't. Had I Thanks. known that it was the day, I probably would have maybe brought some flowers, maybe. I was also recording that day, though. Yeah, tried so. to bring some food, tried to be just a little more present. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have the opportunity to do that. And maybe that's okay, because who knows? Maybe if I had shown up with flowers or something like that. I would have cried. It would have spiraled. Yeah. I don't know what the right answer is there necessarily, but it ended up okay. The point The point is that you would have been there to support me if you would have known. Yeah. And I think you, as a partner of somebody who's been through this, if you know the traumaversary day, put in your calendar. Link. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think put it in your calendar just to kind of, you know, know it's coming up, have kind of a week or a few day before alert. That way you can ask your partner before the day, hey, what do you think you want? If you're not sure at all, I'll ask you again on the day. And it's tough because there's some people, like my, my mom was talking about how she has a friend whose son died and the dad like doesn't want anybody to text him on the death anniversary because he doesn't want to remember it at all. And so there's some people who might have zero interest in any sort of recognition of that doomsday, Luke, bad day, dark day, whatever you want to call it, yeah. anniversary. And so you just need to ask like, hey, what do you think you're going to want? Do you want anything like, or how do you think you will feel? How have you felt in the past? And then you go from there. And something else that I would think of is if, you know, we've all had bad days. You've had yeah. bad days. You're a person. Sometimes I think you're just a perfect little robot, but no, <laughs> you're, a, you're a person too. And think about Ooh. on those bad days, how nice it was to have somebody like cook you dinner. Like they might not even have realized that you were having a bad day or anything like that. But just having somebody to be there if needed and knowing that someone is there if you if you do need to call on them is so relieving when you're having a hard day. And so it's this idea of, you know, putting yourself in their shoes, but you might not be able to because you don't understand the intense emotions that come with this, but just recognizing that you've had a bad day and it's really nice when someone's there for you. And so that's what you should give them on their anniversary day. Yeah. So there are those ranges of how the day might look. You don't need to walk on eggshells. These are strong people, as we've talked about. They might be weak too. Earlier. Strong people. It's okay to be weak. If you need something, ask. And if your partner 
is a good one. They'll respond correctly. Mm -hmm. As a partner, do what you can to anticipate the needs. I think anticipation can be, that's something yeah, we haven't quite really talked about. You're really good at anticipating but that, needs. That kind of circles back a little bit with some of the sex stuff too. It's just, if you start to feel like there might be something wrong, anticipating that. It doesn't come at the start. It comes as you get to know people, uh, your partner more. Do your best to anticipate their needs on that day. Try not to be the trigger, you know, try not to. Do your best not to ask you know, details about the event. for support on that day, you know, you can always just kind of start talking with them. If they want to get into it, hey, they'll get into it. how are you doing today? Yeah, you know. I love and you. Anything you want to talk to me about? Exactly. And <laughs> Oh, yeah, I actually already ordered us dinner. Yes, from your favorite Chinese place. I know. Yeah. I just, I was feeling today oh. like I might want to order you some food because I it? love yeah. you. What's yeah. this thing that's making my backpack heavy? A bottle of Cabernet Sauvignon. Oh my God. Wow. Exactly. Holy cow. Holy, what was littering itself all over my car? This Rose bouquet of flowers. <laughs> just exactly. for you. It's a hard thing to work around and you might fuck up. And that's okay. It's okay. If someone does fuck up, just talk about it. Yeah. And or if they're emotionally okay. like, if they're attacking you, if your partner's like being really rash or something on a random day, there's a, there's a chance that that day actually means something to them, or there's a chance that that day is bringing up some some dark times. It's not you, it's them yeah. and the trauma they've experienced. I feel like in our culture, it's really shoved down our throats. If you just need to communicate, you need to talk to your friends and it your partner. It took me so long to understand what that truly means. <laughs> yeah, and talk to your therapist and whatever, but like, there's a reason that it's a cliche of just talk to them, just talk and to them. I really thought that I was good at communication before meeting Shannon, and I think I was good, but there are things now that she has this wild way of, I'll kind of be struggling with something a little bit in terms of our relationship or not sure how to bring it up or it feels awkward or it, there's times where there's something swimming around a little bit in the back of my head and I'm a terrible STEM engineer asshole that doesn't know how to Never talk about things how to sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and so I thought I was good at communication, but Shannon just has this way of bringing up those things that mm -hmm. I didn't even quite feel like I was comfortable talking about. Thank you. And she's really shown me what true open communication is. So we don't really have time to get into what is good communication. But the point is, is it sounds cheesy to communicate and have trust with your partner. But if you don't feel like you can have a, a hard conversation with your partner if because you're scared that they won't respond well because they've responded poorly in the past or things like that, then there's a chance that you need you and your partner need to check yourselves on the way you communicate and how you go about difficult conversations and you might be missing some trust there like it's important to just like get deep with your partner and i'm not talking yeah. about their cock inside of you i'm talking <laughs> about conversations that are actually worth something and i've said it before and it's one of my favorite sayings i don't know where i got it but it, it really is a luxury to be close to someone's vulnerability yes. like it is such a gift to hear about the struggles that people in your life have gone through especially your partner and you need to treat it with such respect. And the way you treat it with respect is by being open to communication and asking the harder questions when they need to be asked and just listening when somebody needs to be listened to. With this, we'll dance a little bit around the communication, but with the trust, <laughs> I, I have a little more to say on that. Trust. With my previous partner, I didn't trust them to be able to tell me when they weren't feeling okay or when something was wrong. 
I'd ask, are you okay? And they hit me with the fine bullshit or move the I'm knees fine. away in the car. Everything and is fine. I, I didn't realize, but I didn't trust them to be able to tell me when something was wrong. And that's something that's hugely important when it comes to your partner having being sexually assaulted. Like we talked about earlier, you have to be able to trust them to tell you that they're okay or they're not okay. And then you have to be able to act on that. Because mm-hmm. if you don't trust them, you won't be able to act on that. You won't be able to continue that conversation, continue the sex, stop the sex, all of those things. Well, I just made it about sex, but you know, <laughs> continue the conversation, mm-hmm. stop the conversation, act the way you need to without questioning yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge overthinker and it was such a problem in my last relationship. And I thought it was my fault. I thought it was me overthinking everything. And while I do still overthink sometimes, I've realized that having Shannon, who I trust to communicate things with me completely, it's able to just stop the overthinking in its tracks because I can Mm -hmm. say, hey, is this something we need to talk about? Was it my fault? What's the issue? And when you tell me this was the issue, no, it's not your fault. Yes or no, I want to talk about it. I completely trust you and I'm able to move on with my life instead of constantly questioning the things I'm saying and Mm -hmm. the actions I'm taking while I'm around you, which Mm -hmm. was something that was prevalent in my last relationship. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. Yes, of course. I think the only thing that this doesn't apply to with you trusting that I'm being honest with you is when you tell me you're not hungry or you're not (laughs) tired. That's where the anticipation comes in, boys. Also, I oh love my when God. you you say you go like it happened today. You're no, 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 no. We won't go to with today, but I love when you say. So, are you hungry? And I say no. And then you make food for yourself. And then I say, can I have a bite of that? And you say, sure. Even though you know that I said that I wasn't hungry. Well, normally there's extra on the stove. Because- and then you say, do you want more? And I say, well, I don't want to eat your food. And you say, well, don't worry, I've made extra. For because her. that's yeah. you anticipating. Exactly. Because I will probably, I do tell you sometimes when I'm hungry. There is a milkshake incident. Oh. There's a few <laughs> things. So. I don't drink milkshakes, okay? No, not, she doesn't. I'm not a sweet gal. Well, I'm so sweet. But I, I don't eat sweets. I don't really like sweets that much. But there was a time. Where Shout out Steak and Shake milkshakes. Oh my God. So I love them. When I was in high school at my first job on the way home it was a it was a restaurant job and i'd get off at like midnight or one sometimes and i'd be coming home steak and shake was the one thing that was open on my way home i would get myself a double dirty double. nasty yeah they're just a double steak burger mm-hmm. and then a kit kat milkshake and wow it tasted good it, it felt good felt good smelled it good kind of worked its way into like this looked good those things that become larger than life in your mind because they're associated with the fact that you just got off of work. Mm-hmm. You're going to go home, chill out. You're going to sit in your bed and yeah, just drop some of that burger grease on your chest exactly. while you're watching some and show. I had gotten mm-hmm. myself a milkshake and Shannon had not. Well, because I thought, surely I don't need a milkshake. I don't even really... I just don't need it. I'm not going to... There, there's no way this milkshake can be very good. Like, it's just a milkshake. And then, and then I got my pause. She proceeded my to drink pause. <laughs> half of the milkshake. No, and I was, 
<laughs> I was upset. I was angry. I was terrified. Wait, what's the song? Uh, at first I was, was afraid. I was, was petrified. petrified. Yeah. I, well, that the problem, quite. we were playing games and your yeah. milkshake was right next to me. And I said, can I have a sip? And you said, sure. Because everything that you get, I, it means that I get at least one bite or sip of. It's a part of our relationship. It's actually in our contract um, yeah. that he signed early on. Anyways, and it was, the milkshake was next to me. I said, can I have a sip? You say, uh-huh. And then I took a sip and I said, Shannon, that's good. I said, yes, self, very good. And then I put it back. And then about 60 seconds later, self said, I think I want another sip. And I said, I think that's a great idea, self. So I grabbed another sip. And this went on. And every time you get up to go to the bathroom or something, I thought, oh, this is my chance. I'll have no idea that I'm drinking his milkshake. Long story short, your partner might not tell you when they're hungry or not, but it's important to figure out a way to trust that when they say yeah. they're okay or not. It's okay. Mean it. You know, it's around hunger and things like that. But <laughs> when it comes to these very serious matters, you have to trust your partner to tell them what you're feeling. And you know, for them the, to tell you what yeah, you're feeling, and, what they're on, feeling. Sorry. On the other side, if you have been sexually assaulted and you're you're telling your partner things, it has to be the truth. Because if it's not, it has a way of sneaking back in and causing issues. And they might be acting on what you told them, and it could be wrong. Mm -hmm. And maybe you were wrong. And I think the best thing you can do in that moment is say, "Hey, I really thought I wanted this. I don't, or I didn't want this, but I do, or I don't." And that could be if you're talking about something, not talking about something, uh, if it's physical, there's no wrong answers or wrong ways to be, to go about it, but communicate it when you're feeling it, trust the person to communicate it when you're feeling it and, uh, things can go well. You are not a burden for telling your partner that you need something. I think that's a good Or thing. that you don't need yeah. something. It is, you are not putting a weight on their shoulder. Being in a relationship, you are choosing to like be with someone you're a unit you're working together to make each other's lives better to build each other up to be there when they're having a bad day you are not a burden if you need something from your partner on a bad day it's or if you don't need something. the best thing you can do because i know for me i just want to be there and useful and knowing i'm doing the right thing and i can't do that if you're not telling me what that is mm -hmm. and i all i can do is sit there and run around in my mind what does she want? Am I doing right? Mm -hmm. Am I doing wrong? And so I think that's a really big thing for the person on the other side. Yeah, you're not being a burden. You're being, what are you being? Helpful. You're being helpful. You're yeah. helping me know how to act and mm -hmm. what to do. Right. Because I've never been here before. I don't know what's right or wrong in the moment. We are not in and Kansas anymore. Too. Yeah. And maybe, wow, there's a lot of stuff here. But <laughs> fuck. Shit. Bitch. Bitch. You're so pretty. You're so pretty. I love you. I love you. Are you just saying that because you don't remember what you were gonna say? Yeah, dog. I'm fucking. I I think I got it. Give me a second. Okay. Oh, it's not a yeah. Burden. That's the thing. You might not be able to make. You might not know the the more complex answer to what exactly you want or what exactly you need in the moment. Mm -hmm. Providing data points is great, especially for the way my mind works. Let's put this into computer language. I mean, the best a zero equals this, <laughs> a one equals that. If statement, do you make if statements? Sorry, I do make if statements. If you can just give the person context and say, "Hey, I fuck 
what what would you say? You're saying data points. So it's yeah. I actually was going to talk about this. Okay. This was my next my thought. Yeah. So we're on the same wavelength. That's cool. You might not be able to give them the exact information that they need to help you on that day, but if you can just say, I'm hungry. Okay, great. You can go pick something out for them. Like yeah. you were saying, don't. Just saying, I'm hungry. I don't know what I want. That's a data point. And then maybe an easy question to ask on the other side is, is there anything you don't want? Mm. And if they don't give you anything, cool. Free reign. Go and do something. Yeah. That's... Don't second guess yourself. Don't worry about it. Don't go, well, just take that data point. That is, they're hungry. They don't know what they want. You're going to go. Maybe try and use some of the things they normally like. Grab something. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're wrong and you fucked up. That's okay. That was their fault. (laughs) (laughs) Blame them. (laughs) But, you know, as the person on the other side, don't get too upset and say, actually, Mm -hmm. I realized that I didn't want that. Mm -hmm. And then... That becomes a little then more complicated. Then you leave the house again and you go but, buy more food. <laughs> you <laughs> and can, you Venmo um, request them on a better day. <laughs> yeah, you, just, just those data points of, you know, there might not be words for it, but hey, I'm feeling weird right now. It's not you. That's a good data point to give. If it is not the person yeah, giving definitely the, tell the data them. point of, it's not you. I'm feeling weird. I don't know if I want to talk about it. I don't know if I don't want to talk about it. Um, can we do something? Mm-hmm. And the other person, yeah. Do you want to do something active or not active? The hard response to that is, I don't know. Well, you that's know, okay. Pick something and go Start after. Start something that. not but active and then go active. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to have the the full complexity. It's like a flow of, chart, you know. Yeah, knowing exactly what you want, what you don't want. But if you can just throw data at the other person and then let them handle it, mm-hmm. that can take a lot of weight off your shoulders. Mm-hmm. And again, the trust, the communication there, it's important. And Mm -hmm. it allows you to operate, I think, in the best way possible to get through the complexities of your partner has been sexually assaulted. On that note. The first time that I truly fucked up, it didn't have to do with sexual assault. My code monkey. My uh, also for anyone who thinks that's gross, grow up. Okay, call, <laughs> call your call your boyfriend or partner or girlfriend, whatever, gross names. Call them. Sometimes I snuggly, I, snuggly dumpling. Yeah, gumdrop poo bear. Yeah, we always do that for fun, but deep inside, I think it's awesome. Yeah, deep inside, I think that's my snuggly, lovely poo bear. That's mm. disgusting. I'm so sorry, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Um, I love you too. So anyways, my perfect boyfriend is also a human. Like I said earlier, sometimes I can't believe it. But we had an incident earlier on in our relationship. I fucked up. I didn't know I fucked up He didn't know he fucked up. I fucked up. And this feeds into the thing of just trauma in previous relationships in general. Or trauma from previous relationships. For some context. So (laughs) sometimes I get tired. It happens. Sometimes I get tired when I drink. And <laughs> it's something that my house, the people that I've been living with kind of knew. There's a, there's this one time in Steamboat, everyone was drinking. We were going out in a few hours and I just got tired and a little pissed. And I laid down right next to the speaker and fell asleep. <laughs> just took a nap. And two hours later, I was ready to go, man. I was ripping. <laughs> I was ready to get back in there. Mm. Other times, you know, sometimes it happens. I don't know why. Sometimes I like to take a little nappy poo where the energy is happening. Just, just in the middle of right a group. Necessarily. And just pop not, a squat and fall asleep. It's not a holy alcohol induced slumber. It's more just like, 
I know if I shut my eyes for five minutes, I will be a better person than if I don't. Yeah. And it'll make me feel better. And so I would do it a lot at my house. And we are at our mutual friends during a party. Wait, can I? Can I oh, yeah, can yeah. I go? go for it. Yeah. So this story is just to clarify that your previous relationships do impact your current one. There's compounding things. And you can't. You don't always just start with a clear slate. You need to learn that things impact. Things from your previous relationship might impact your current one. So we were at a little gathering at our mutual friend's house. And I didn't know that Code Monkey just falls asleep in group settings sometimes. <laughs> just take, take a five-minute shut-eye moment. And I'm hanging out. I'm having a great time with everyone. And I realize, where is Code Monkey? I would like to say this was like pre-gamey time. So it was kind of early on, I think, in yeah, the party. Yeah, early it on in the night. It wasn't when everyone's ready to get after it. It was... It was like yeah. two or three drinks in, but it was yeah. early on in the night. And I say, where is Code Monkey? And I look over on the couch and Code Monkey is asleep. And I am furious because I'm assuming that Code Monkey is so fucking drunk that he can't handle himself and that he's just asleep. So I walk my tiny little ass <laughs> over to him and I grab him and I'm like. You slapped me. I slapped you? You slapped me. <laughs> You hit me. I, I woke up to being hit across the face and in I a said, room full of our friends. Wake up. If you need to go to sleep, go somewhere else or something like that. I will not be the girlfriend of someone who is asleep at a party. So first, I was immediate reactions. <laughs> Hot anger. I think like being woken up by being like hit by someone. Okay, it wasn't you know, that there's, no, hard. Okay. okay, it wasn't that hard. But I will say there are those times where the anger just flashes through you and i think sometimes through me or you through me oh, i mean okay. like you were thinking about him sometimes back. <laughs> you know i get you get angry things happen and sometimes my fuse is a little short with shannon it hasn't caused any issues no. i think i've grown up a lot long, baby. in the last couple <laughs> years and so that it's an immature anger but you wake up to getting hit and your eyes are closed you don't know who it is <laughs> and there is hot fucking vicious justice <laughs> waiting for whoever just did that and you open your eyes and it's your girlfriend not only is it your girlfriend it's your girlfriend with the probably worst face you have ever seen on her she is pissed and it's not that like i'm pissed but i love you face it's that like ugly something she's looking at you almost as if you're not you and she's sound mad. So scary. It's okay. I love her so much. And there there was a reason. There's a reason. Yeah. And so, I came to understand it. But what but. happened next is so I yeah, I was aggressive towards you. I woke you up really aggressively. And I was like, I'm not gonna be the girlfriend of someone who's asleep at a party. Like either get the fuck up and join the party or go sleep somewhere else where not everyone can see that my boyfriend is asleep on the couch. And then I walk away and then confusion ensues. Yeah, you're I'm spiling. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. But you know what Code Monkey decides to do in that moment? <laughs> he decides to go back to sleep. <laughs> Did I actually? Yes. <laughs> Code I don't Monkey know. goes back to sleep. Yes, I know you did. Because I look over a few minutes later and I'm still pissed because <laughs> you're back asleep. And I go over there and I say it again. I'm like, I will, I, I refuse to be the girlfriend of someone who's asleep at a party. Like, Go home, go into somebody else's room. Do not be asleep here. This is embarrassing for me. And then you got up and you looked really disheveled 
I, f- I was upset that I was so angry, but I, I was I was furious. And I don't remember exactly what happened for the rest of the night, but I know that later you said, hey, can we talk about well, the fact that you were yeah, really mean here. to me? So, so the thing is, too, I set myself timers. I put my phone <laughs> on my chest and I set a five to 15 minute timer, depending on how I'm feeling. And then I shut my eyes. Depending how much slumber I don't always full fall. Like I don't always fully fall asleep. But and frankly, it hasn't really happened since college. I haven't done it. I don't think. Mm -hmm. But it did happen a good amount in college. Um, But I set my little timer, and then I wake up and I get back after it. And you know, (laughs) so she slaps me. I'm angry i open my eyes you see your girlfriend staring at you with a look you've never seen before immediate confusion immediate what the fuck she I'm walks away my nap dog you go okay you shut your eyes again you're like that was weird <laughs> uh we'll deal with that later i still got six minutes left on this timer <laughs> and then you came over and you said it again and i think at that moment the way that i operate and i under i've come to understand it's not how everyone operates but i want to handle it in the moment and so you came over, you said it again. I got up. I tried to show you the timer. I tried to explain it to you. Mm-hmm. You weren't hearing any of it. You didn't want to deal with it. No. And you kept saying, we'll deal with this later. We'll deal with this later, which is not, it's something I've gotten better with, but it's not how I think I was wired originally mm-hmm. to deal with things. My family was always a very much in the moment, hash it out real quick, mm-hmm. get back into it. And so I think we agreed to put it behind us put a pin in it it was frankly it was one of the moments that i had to have a lot of trust for shannon because in that moment you've been called out yeah yeah sure we'll go with called out you've been you've been called out you feel embarrassed you feel confused you feel like maybe you're on thin ice you're not sure how to act you're not sure if it's actually okay and if you're actually going to talk about it later if it's going to be an issue and so you have to be able to trust that if your partner says, let's stick a pin in it, you're truly going to stick a pin in it. You're going to continue the rest of the night. You're going to continue acting the way that you want and not feel like you have to walk on eggshells. And they're truly going to put some of that anger away and deal with it later. And that was one of the first big moments I feel like I really had to trust you that it was okay. We would talk about it later and it would be all right. Mm-hmm. And when we did talk about it. Come to find out. There was two misunderstandings happening here. First one was that I didn't know that this was a normal thing for Code Monkey to just take naps at parties because honestly, it's a little weird. <laughs> it's, it's whack. I know. I know. And I, I think it's like I could never just lay down a group of people on the couch and just snore These were for all 10 minutes. very close friends. I knew yeah, all these people wasn't like by a random name. This party. was the pregame. This was like a yeah. very, you know, it wasn't just a rando's house. Yeah. This I was felt comfortable enough to go to sleep, to <laughs> shut my eyes on the couch for a second. So that was the first misunderstanding. That, that was the part that I didn't understand. The part that you didn't understand or the miscommunication there, because we hadn't really talked about it, was that my ex-boyfriend would get so drunk and just be blacked out on the couch at random people's houses or at people's, just fucking actually anywhere. He would just be blacked out sometimes asleep a lot of the times asleep and everybody knew that he was so drunk that he was asleep because of it and i was always that girlfriend of the person who was blacked out and i hated being that person that's embarrassing it's so embarrassing knowing that 
like my boyfriend couldn't keep his shit together and that he has a drinking problem and everybody knew it and they just watched it unfold in front of them. Like there was even a time where he was so drunk, someone sat on him and he just threw up over himself. Like that's so embarrassing. So in that moment, when I saw you asleep, I thought, holy shit, here I am again. My boyfriend doesn't know how to handle his liquor and he is blacked out in front of all of my friends. And I am yet again, the girlfriend of someone who blacks out and falls asleep in public places. Meanwhile, I'm just counting sheep. Yeah, he's just actually listening to our boys up on the up on the DJ <laughs> on the stakes. The, mix- the week a week behind me, <laughs> chilling out. And so, know. when we had that conversation, I had to apologize and say, I, "I'm so sorry. I didn't know this was your thing. I'm so sorry for getting so upset at you. You should know where I'm coming from. That doesn't make my actions okay. I should have." asked you hey are you good why are you sleep over there instead of just assuming that something else was going on yeah and i had to apologize because you know it is a little weird and i mean <laughs> i knew the people's house that we were in well enough i probably could have gone and crashed on one of their beds for five minutes shannon's house was two minutes away i could have walked over there mm-hmm. had my little nappy poo and came back without anyone probably noticing that i had left it was definitely not the right decision for me to take. But again, I fucked up. I, I didn't did realize too. I was fucking up. We were able to put a pin in it. There's Talk a lot of trust there, a lot of communication, and it ended up all right. Yeah. And now I know. You can fuck up sometimes. Yeah. And I, it was just a conversation of like, this made me uncomfortable because this is something that happened in my previous relationship. And it's, that's just, I think that was a good example of open communication and how it started out poorly and And now she only hits me when i ask for it (laughs) anyways yeah that was a good example of how you know sometimes communication doesn't start out great but then you have an open conversation there is that trust that you will talk about it you do make an effort to talk about it later and everything ends up okay yeah and we never have problems because we are perfect 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 i'm just kidding i really i'm actually not like i really i really am just kidding everyone we're people too (sighs) Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. This was excellent. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode with our guest, Code Monkey. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, thoughts, whatever. Stories nudes, of you just slapping kidding. your boyfriend awake on the couch. I'm sorry. I love you. <laughs> I love you it's okay. <laughs> uh, send us an email at what they don't say the podcast at gmail.com. Anything else you want to add? Communicate, trust. It's scary. There's no playbook. Call an audible. Mm-hmm. Get after it. Yeah. If it's meant to be, it'll be. And if it's not, get the fuck out. Yeah. Don't waste your time. Run. Yeah. I hope you guys all have a fantastic rest of your week. We love you. Do you, you want to? Yeah. Do, do I need to go? Do you Did love I them? Did I go again? Oh, yeah. I love them. I, Sorry. <laughs> all right. Let's, let's try again. I hope you guys all have a great rest of your week. Thank you so much for listening. I love you. We, we love, love you. you. Oh, good. Yeah. We'll catch you on the flip side. And cheers. Cheers. Wait, wait, wait. Do it again. Do it again. We'll catch you on the flip side and cheers. Cheers. Cheers.